good. I like the way that Caitlin began today, what's up Derby City Church? An old generation would say, hey up Derby City Church, wouldn't they? But uh, what's up is good enough, that's, that's great. What kind of a colleague is this that, you know, invites awkward questions at AGMs, you know, just because he's not senior pastor yet, but you wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. We've got another announcement as well. And um, so, you know, we've been supporting Ilkeston uh, Elim Christian Fellowship, Elim Christian Centre, uh, throughout this last year. And we've been supplying uh, preachers every week and worship leaders every week. And uh, it's really been a blessing for that fellowship. But I, I tell you, it's been a blessing for us that have been going along as well because there's really, there really is a great atmosphere there. Well, next Saturday, we're inducting a new pastor into Ilkeston, Andy Hitchcock and his wife Emma and daughters Abigail and Lucy. And also Andy Hitchcock will be joining us part-time on our team as well here, uh, give him some experience of a, of, a, of a larger fellowship. You might not see him too much on Sundays because obviously his priority is with Ilkeston, but it's a really good journey that we've been on. And I, I thought this year that I couldn't beat Dan at table tennis, so we need another pastor on board that I can beat him at table tennis, hopefully. But um, you're really, really welcome to come and support and join in with the induction next uh, Saturday, 2 p.m. in the afternoon at uh, Charlotte Street in uh, in Ilkeston. So you're very, very welcome to come along to that. It'd be great. Uh, I think at the AGM we'll have a photograph. I don't know whether he's coming in person, but we'll have a photograph or, or something like that. But uh, you'll see him sooner or later anyway. But uh, really, really good guy. And uh, we're thrilled, really, to, to have him on board as well. So we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 19. Very well-known passage, first few verses there, of um, Jesus meeting uh, a bit of a schemer and a bit of a rogue. And um, maybe when Jesus met you, you were a bit of a rogue. And maybe Jesus hasn't met you yet, and you are a bit of a rogue. And um, here we are when he meets a guy called Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho, this is verse 1 of, of Luke 19, and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. And he had one of the most influential, he was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business. And he had become very rich. He'd become very rich because he'd stolen people's money. He had overcharged them, their tax. And um, so he ran, uh, he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowds. I know how he feels. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quickly, come down, for I must be a guest in your home today. That's the uh, New Living Translation. Actually, if you're reading the New uh, International Version, it says... Because I'm coming home to stay with you today. And that's the difference between somebody who's a guest and somebody who, who, who stays. And that's my question. We've been going along a theme since, uh, since the new year about being friends of God. And my question to you this morning is, is Jesus your friend or is he a guest? Because there's a big difference if Jesus is your friend 
or if he's a guest. I don't know about your house, but uh, in our house, well, it goes a bit crazy when we've got guests coming. Uh, lists start to appear of jobs to do. And, uh, you know, things get moved, things get washed, that never usually get washed. Things get altered round. Out come the dusters. Everything gets hoovered. When we had a dog, even the dog got hoovered. It actually makes sense. You hoover the dog before it gets on the carpet. It makes sense that. Out come the napkins. Well, actually, we're not posh enough to have napkins. Serviettes. <laughs> but usually it's kitchen roll. But um, this all happens when, when, when guests are coming. The kids, when the kids lived at home, they got a bit of a lecture, minding their P's and Q's, and about uh, no fighting, no arguing, make sure you flush the loo, all that sort of stuff. And then just as the guests are about to arrive, the dog would trample mud all the way through the house, and you'd have to start all over again. And it, it's a bit like that with Jesus sometimes. Sometimes we treat him as a special guest, we try and tidy up our, our lives as, as best we can. You know, be on our best behaviour for, for Jesus and then maybe we'll be good enough for him. But it's a never-ending job because we're never good enough for Jesus. No amount of tidying up our own lives is good enough for Jesus. In fact, Isaiah says in Isaiah 64, our righteousness is as filthy rags. You can never be good enough for Jesus. Never try and get your life sorted out and then invite Jesus into your life. It never works. You have to invite Jesus into your life to tidy your life up, to get your life sorted out. And that's the difference because friends are different. Friends know how you really are. Friends know what you, what you really like. You don't mind friends seeing you as you are because you know that that friendship goes deeper. You know, there's something that friendship is based on is a lot more deeper. We've got friends. Yeah, we've got friends. <laughs> they're, they're actually here today. <laughs> we've got friends that for years and years and years have come round to our house and, um, well, we've all chipped in. Not just our house, we've gone to their house as well. But uh, we've all chipped in and we've done DIY jobs around the house. We've tidied up around the house. We've cleaned the cupboards we don't mind them seeing the backs of our cupboards, the filthy. But we don't mind because the friends, they've taken our muck to the junk, to the dump and stuff like that. We've done the same for them because that's friendship. You're not bothered. You just muck in because you know what people are, are really, really like. We don't tidy up before they arrive because they're coming to do that sort of stuff because that was, well, that was our life group, you know, back in, back in Leeds. That was our life group. We all used to sort of like turn up. Uh, either a bank holiday or a Saturday or something like that. And we just used to have a big list of all the DIY jobs that needed doing in, in, in whose particular house we were doing. And, uh, and we'd just look down the list and say, oh, I could do that. Right, I'll crack on. Where's the tools? And at the end of the day, all your DIY would be done, all your painting jobs would be done, and you'd sit down, you'd have a Chinese and a good old, good old blather, and you'd end up praying for each other. And it was just brilliant. Brilliant. And um, Sandra and John are here today. God bless you, Sandra and John. It's a long way for you to come to Tidy Iron House up now. But anyway, you're very welcome. But, you know, I've also got a small couple of friends that I've been journeying with for the last 20-odd years. 
And um, we got together. You met one of them earlier on this year, Lee, last year, Lee Jackson. You know, we, we got together just by simply talking about youth work and then starting about uh, talking about being disciples of Jesus and what that meant. And then talking about the difficulties that arise when you are a disciple of Jesus and the things that happen in your life that you trip yourself up with, you know, your silly thoughts, your silly insecurities, your silly habits and stuff like that. And we started just confessing our sins to one another and praying for one another. And that's, that's carried on. And that's been a real strength in my life for certain over the years because we all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all think wrong things and do wrong things and say wrong things. And it's good to have trusted friends who you can confess to, who can pray with you, and who can pick you up and say, crack on. That's what friendship is really all about. And Jesus meets people right where they're at. You don't have to tidy your life up before Jesus comes into your life. He can accept you for who you are, and he can come into your life, and he can radically change things around. The Bible is full of instances where, pe where Jesus meets people right where they're at. The woman at the well. The woman at the well has got such a complicated life. She's been married multiple times. And the guy who she's with now, well, she's not even married to him, but she's, she's, she's living with him. And Jesus is not there to condemn her. He's not there to shame her or anything like that. But he's there to say, your life's in a bit of a mess. If you come to me, I'll give you water that you'll never need to thirst again. You'll never need to go looking for that acceptance again in any, any other fella or any other relationship. You can have a relationship with me and I can give you that water. The blind man at the gate, we talked about him earlier. You know, Bartimaeus is crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And everybody else is trying to shut him up. And yet Jesus hears his voice, hears his cry, calls him. And even though it's pretty obvious that he's a blind man and that could be what he wants Jesus to do, Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus knows his situation and yet he wants to hear what Bartimaeus sees as his need. The fisherman. I want to dwell on this a little bit this morning because this might be you this morning. I really feel this might be from God. The fishermen are, are on the beach. They're, they're washing their nets. They're mending their nets. The nets, fishermen's nets stink. They're awful. Fishermen's nets get all tangled up and they're, they're a real job to, to untangle. I don't know. That might be your life right now. You might be thinking, oh, I don't want Jesus to come close to me because my life is in a bit of a mess. It's, a, it's stinking a bit. It's all tangled up and, it, and it's in a mess right now. And it seems impossible to undo from your, from your side of that net anyway. And yet Jesus is coming along and Jesus says, do you know what? Come follow me. Leave that stuff. Leave that stuff you're tangled up in. Leave that stuff that's a, a, a bit of a mess and it leaves a bit of a stink. Maybe that's you today. Jesus is saying, leave that stuff behind and follow me. These men were called to be disciples. They left their nets. They left their old lives and they followed Jesus. Maybe Jesus is saying to you today, it's time to leave your old life behind. It's time to just leave that as it was, all tangled up. Yeah, it's in a bit of a mess. But come 
follow me. Because Jesus is still doing that today. He's still calling disciples. He's still inviting people to leave that stuff behind. That stuff that gets you all tangled up and leaves a bad smell. No amount of you trying to straighten it out will straighten it out. But with Jesus in your life, he'll begin to straighten that life. Leave all that stuff and follow him. Many of you know we've moved to a, a, a new house, except it's not a new house. It's an old house, and it needs major renovation work doing in it. And everybody that, that comes into our, our house says the words, oh, it's got potential. <laughs> and you know in the back of their minds, they're really thinking, what on earth have you done taking on this place? You know... When Jesus comes into your life, Jesus doesn't look around and go, what on earth have you done here? He doesn't make you feel lousy. He doesn't condemn you. He looks at your life and he sees what it can become. He sees the potential in your life. He begins cleaning your life up. He completely doesn't patch things up. He doesn't paper over the crack cracks or anything. He doesn't do a bodge job. It is a complete renewal, a renovation of your life. All things are made new. You are a new creation. 2 Corinthians says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have gone. The new has come. That could be your life. Jesus doesn't come and just cover over things. He makes your life new. He gives you a fresh start. Do you want a fresh start in Jesus today? Do you want your life to be made new? Are you aware of the tangled up mess that your life has become with you in charge? Do you want him in charge? Do you want to invite him to come and be your Lord and your Savior? Because if you do, your life will be starting to be made new. Let me give you a couple of compar a few comparisons about guests and friends. Guests only come round on special occasions. Friends come round any time. Friends call in unannounced. They're not wanting to be impressed or anything like that. They're just happy to come and spend time with you. That's Jesus today. Jesus wants to come and spend time with you. He doesn't want to be impressed with how tidy your life is and how sparkling you are. He knows you. He knew you before you were even born. And he wants to come and have a relationship with you, a friendship relationship with you, because he knows you and he loves you. Friends do life thick or thin, good or bad, not just on special occasions. Jesus is not just for Easter or Christmas or weddings or funerals. He wants to do everyday life with you through the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, the mountaintops and the valleys, the sad times and the happy times. I don't know what happens in your house, but at Christmas time in our house, Jesus comes out of a box and we set him up on, uh, in, the, in the hearth, a little nativity scene. And uh, he stays there all Christmas. And then when the, the 12 days of Christmas are over, we put Jesus back in that box and he goes back in our loft. And that very often is where many people are at with Jesus. Jesus comes out of the box at Christmas time because it's, it's nice. It's all about Jesus Christmas and maybe even Easter. 
But then any other time, it's just weddings and funerals and perhaps christenings and, and things like that. Maybe that's where, where you are with Jesus right now. And yet, Jesus is saying to you by his Holy Spirit, I want to be your friend. I want to be your everyday friend. I want to come into your life. I want to be there, resident in your life. He doesn't want the type of relationship that's just seldom. He wants a relationship that is about doing life. That's what being a disciple of Jesus is. That's what following Jesus is. He proved this when he died on the cross. He didn't die on the cross just so that we could bring him out of the box on special occasions. He died on the cross to radically free us from the stuff that tangles us up and leaves a bad smell in our lives. And that's called sin, the Bible says. Jesus took the punishment that we deserved. All our sin deserved death. And yet Jesus took that. Jesus died on that cross. He was innocent. And yet his love for me, his love for you, took him willingly to that cross. He could have come down at any stage. He was the son of God. He could have come down off that cross. And yet he didn't. He stayed on that cross because he wants to stay in our lives. And he conquered death. And he conquered sin. Because when they buried him in that tomb three days later, he rose again. And that sacrifice was made for you and it was made for me. It was my life that was dirty, not his. It was my life that had that bad odour, not his. It was our lives that were all tangled up with sin. And yet, he came. And he Unlock the potential for us to have forgiveness and new life with him. That's the friend that Jesus wants to be with you and me today. That's the friendship. That's the relationship that Jesus wants. Jesus said, greater love hath no one than this, that he lays down his life for one of his friends. If Jesus laid his life down for you, he's calling you his friend. He's calling you his friend. And he's calling you today. That's the good news. He's calling you into a relationship with him. Here I am, Jesus says in Revelation. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. That was something special in Jewish culture. If you ate with someone in their house, you were more than just a guest. You were their friend. It was a real relationship. It spoke of a real relationship. And Jesus is saying, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. I'm standing here. I'm calling to you. Can you hear my voice this morning? Can you hear him? Can you hear him? You might not have ever known Jesus in your life up to this point. You might not have ever committed your life to Jesus at this point. But let me encourage you today. Can you hear him? Is he, is he calling? Is he at the door of your heart today? He is. He's standing at the door. And you have the handle on your side of that door. You have the power to open up that door and invite him in. Jesus won't break into your life. He will be invited in when you open that door. Guests check their diary to see if they're available to come round to your house. Friends just pop round anyway. Guests may be busy at times. They may have other things on and they might not be able to come round. But friends are there for you. If you need a friend 
right there. If you've got a job to do or you're, you need somebody to come around right now, you can ring a friend up. They'll come around straight away. Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says that in Hebrews. His diary is never too full. He's never too busy. He's never gotten another appointment that he's going to. He doesn't struggle to fit us in. He's not busy doing other stuff. He's there right when you call him. The story of two childhood friends who grew up together, schooled together, signed up into the army together, and they were sent up to the, the battle lines together in the same battalion, in the same regiment, and they were in the trench together, and during one particularly heavy battle, one friend saw his mate go over the top and take a bullet. And he saw him drop to the ground. And the sergeant at arms saw this friend get ready to get up out of the trench and go and uh, get his, go and rescue his friends. And the sergeant at arms was saying, don't go, don't go. And yet the friend went up over the top and went to get his friend. And as he picked his friend up and started to, to carry him back to that trench, he took a bullet in the back. And yet he carried on walking. He carried on carrying his friend. And he got back to the trench. And the sergeant at arms knew that this, this, this friend who had been the rescuer was going to die. And he was shouting at the top of his voice, what a waste, what a waste. And yet the rescued man looked up at him and he said, sergeant, it's not a waste. When he got to me out there in the battle lines, he said to me, you knew I would come. You knew I would come. And Jesus says to you right now, you might have fallen on that battlefield. You've took a, bat, a, a bullet. That bullet is called sin. That's taken you to death. And Jesus has come to rescue you. He's come to pick you up. And Jesus says, you knew I would come. It's not a waste. Your life is not a waste. You might think to yourself, and you might have had people say to you, you're a real waster. Jesus is saying to you today, you're not a waste. You knew I would come. I come for you. If you were the only person in the world that uh, was worth dying for or that I died for, I, I would have gone to the cross for you. And when he hung on that cross, he said, it is finished. There's, those were his words. Death is finished. Sin is finished. Alienation from our heavenly father is finished. Satan always getting the victory in our lives is finished. Once and for all, Jesus came for you and he came for me. So if you're needing a friend today, if you're needing a friend who sticks closer than a brother, if you're needing a friend that gets rid of all the sin and the junk in your life that has kept you away from God, if you're needing that relationship with a, a heavenly father that is not just for special occasions, but you need that relationship every day, a discipleship walk with Jesus, become a follower of Jesus, you can do that today. You can invite Jesus into your life today. And I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. But it's a prayer that if you're sincere, if you're genuine, God will hear that prayer. And he will accept you for who you are. And he will come into your life and forgive you of your sin and begin to tidy up your life. Begin to clean up your life. Begin to renew your life and make you a new creation. And you can, even this morning, walk on from here, a new creation in God, forgiven your sin. Your sin is even forgotten, the Bible says. Forgiven and forgotten. 
The devil might remind you every day what a failure you are, but from this point on, you can pray, and you can ask Jesus for forgiveness, and you can no longer be reminded of the, from the devil. You can constantly say, no, Jesus has made my life new. He's forgiven me of that, and I'm moving on now. Today could be that day, and I want to invite you. In fact, Jesus invites you to come into that relationship this morning. So let me invite you to bow your head. If this is you today, if you're a person who's lived your life tangled up in the stench of sin, then today you can have your life renewed. Not just refreshed, but renewed. And you can live a new life in Jesus and you can become a follower of Jesus today. You pray this prayer with me today. And if you're online, you can also pray this prayer with me today. Just in the quietness of your own heart, God will hear it. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have messed up. I know that in my own strength, I am a waste of time. And yet, Lord, you came for me. You came for me and you died on that cross for me. You conquered sin and death and hell. And Lord, today, I invite you into my life. I open that door. I hear your voice calling me, and I open that door to you. I invite you into my life as Lord and Savior. I want to be a follower of you. Today, accept me and forgive me of my sin and help me to be, from this point on, a follower of you, a disciple of you. And while every head is bowed and eyes are shut, maybe that's you today. It would do me the world of good to know if you prayed that prayer. But I think it also would do you the world of good to show that you prayed that prayer, to responded, to, to respond. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, please, if you're in the building, you just raise your hand right now. You let me know that you prayed that prayer. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. A few people around the room, that's great. That's really good. Father, I pray... Lord, for these people in the building right now, Lord, that prayed that prayer. I pray that you would give them an assurance and a clarity that you are their Lord and Savior from this point on. Their sins are forgiven. Their new life in you has begun. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and that you would, Lord, from this point on, remind them, Lord, that you have come into their lives as their friend. If you're online and you've prayed that prayer today, then you please get in touch with us by emailing say hi at derbycitychurch.co.uk and we'll gladly send you some uh, information that might help you and, uh, and a booklet that might help you. So God bless you. Everybody can look up. If you prayed that prayer today, there's some booklets at the back door there, written by Mark Greenwood. He's coming later on uh, this uh, uh, this year. And you can take one of these home. This will help you begin your journey with Jesus. But I would also uh, encourage you to join the uh, the U online, uh, the U version uh, online thing that we're going to do. And uh, that'll help you get into uh, reading your Bible and, and knowing what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. But come and make yourself known to us afterwards. We're very friendly guys, and uh, we really want to help you in your relationship. So God bless you. I'll hand over to the team now.